Welcome to another edition of the NS North Podcast. I'm Dan Byers, and joining me is my co-host, Phil Kaskrang. How are you, Phil? I'm great, and you, Dan? Not too bad. Uh, and for this podcast, we'll be chatting with speaker Chris Eidhoff. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Hello, thanks for having me. How are you guys? Really good. It's great to have you on, man. Yeah. So for our listeners, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Chris. I'm Dutch. I live in Germany. Um, and uh, a few years ago, I started this website called Objective-C.io, where we wrote um, a monthly magazine about iOS programming, mostly. Um, it was back in the Object- Objective-C days. And then, um, yeah, it turned out really well. Like We had a lot of guest contributors who wrote a lot of amazing articles and um, it was just this really fun project to do. And then, um, I don't know, it's sort of things got started from that. Uh, there was conference organizing that I did, um, book writing, video recording, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's sort of the prof- professional side of me. And I think you were involved in UIConf, weren't you? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, uh, moved to Berlin, I wanted to go to an iOS conference and there was none, uh, at least none in English. And I didn't want to go to a German speaking iOS conference because, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My German wasn't that good. And, and I figured, you know, we, we would get much better speakers if it was in English. Um, so I, I asked around and, and, and there were, really was no conference like that. So that's why I started organizing it. And, um, uh, yeah, it, Turned out to be one of the one of the first sort of conference of the new wave of conferences. There were some really uh, established ones in Europe, but no none really focused on iOS specifically. And so that's what we did. And yeah, which which year was that? Uh, Twenty thirteen, I think. Um, yeah, that was our first yeah. year too. Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's it it was so much fun, you know, like. Before that, the iOS community wasn't really getting t- together so much. And all of a sudden, there were all these people from all over Europe coming to Berlin. And of course, a lot of locals um, and and seeing like it was, as you can <laughs> imagine, it was a lot of stress. But seeing all those people in one room, it was just the best. It's a pretty good feeling, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That new wave of fun- conferences, it's probably uh, the people from uh, in Spain and uh Objective Cologne uh, or uh, Objective Cologne or even um, uh, Swift Conf now, and there was also NS Conference in Britain, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, all those. Well, but I think a bunch of those existed before UIConf, at least. Huh. And uh, so you were involved in UIConf for how many years? For two years, um, and then the new team took over the conference. So yeah, I decided to focus on other things. And then you did the, the functional Swift conference too, right? Right. Yeah. I, I was in New York uh, for a while, a few years ago. And then um, I met Brandon Williams and we both really liked functional programming. And we figured, you know, let's do a conference on that. Uh, and back then he worked at Kickstarter, which could provide the venue. So it was sort of really easy for us. We just had to find some good speakers and because it's such a niche topic, you sort of already know who the speakers are going to be, uh, or at least there's a very short list. Uh, so 
and and luckily everybody who we asked i think said yes so we got this day of functional programming and it was also it was the nicest thing like normally if you're functional programming and in the in the ios world you're maybe not necessarily the most popular colleague uh, because you're going to push your functional programming on everybody and all of a sudden all these people were in the same room again and then like had um, the chance to talk to like-minded people and it was it was really special it's been really special ever since uh, we did a whole bunch of uh editions all in cities starting with a b so we did brooklyn and berlin and budapest uh so yeah it was <laughs> well, that's neat it was really fun yeah it, it's neat it's, it's fun to get to get together with like-minded people right that's that's the goal exactly yeah for, for me conferences are all about that like we do need to have talks at most conferences and it really helps to sort of you know, give topics to talk about. And it's also really fun to watch talks. But I think the the main point for me uh, about going to a conference or attending a conference is, is really all about talking with each other, you know, like hanging out. Being a community. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that too, it's it's not, it's not a bad thing either to have people that, you know, are, are on a different, you know, wavelength, right? Like uh, people who don't necessarily know the topic very well and but they have their breadth of experiences that they bring to an event like that for discussions and everything too like it's it, it's it's an interesting dynamic that can happen with that as well absolutely yeah so just to back up a little bit how did you get your start in in tech well yeah that's a good question my parents had a computer i think like a they had a really old computer and sort of when i was 11 or 12 i had this friend in the little town where i lived and and they had a computer and I also really wanted a computer because I was fascinated by the thing like like we would print things or I don't know, uh, uh, just do nonsensical things. And and then at some point, my parents did actually get a computer and, and, and it was, I don't know, like it was really hard for me not to sit at the computer. I still liked playing outside as a little kid and, and doing all kinds of stuff, but but my uh I don't know, like my perfect day would be spending a lot of time at the computer. Uh, and I, f I found this old uh, binder, I think. Do you say binder? Like, you know, the thing that keeps all kinds of paperwork together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it had all these, all these printed out PHP tutorials. So I had very limited internet access. So I would I would go online and find all the PHP tutorials and print them. And then go offline again and work my way through them. Uh, oh, good for you! And, and that's sort of that's awesome. How I got started. So you're doing a lot of uh, web stuff at the beginning, then. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was I, I, I did some Delphi as well, uh, but I didn't really understand what was happening there, um, and and then a lot of web stuff because that seemed to be interesting. Yeah, that that was it was a whole new world back then, right? Whenever that whenever PHP got popular and uh for sure. And and so you finished high school, did you go to college after that and Exactly, yeah. I figured I wanted to do a little bit more than just computer science, so I studied this thing called artificial intelligence, which was at the time sort of a mix of linguistics, um psychology, philosophy and computer science and one of the first days they said, like, look around you in the classroom and like, um, I don't know what they said, like a third of you will probably 
drop out and study computer science instead. So that's exactly what I did after uh, a year. And I went on to study computer science in, in Utrecht, at Utrecht University. And that's how I got into functional programming. Like at the end of my bachelor's, I, I took this course in parsing and compiler design. Uh, it was a very basic course, but it was all done in Haskell and it was really, really fun. And then I figured out I wanted to, to study functional programming. Um, and as and I really wanted to, to leave Utrecht, but I quickly figured out that in Utrecht there was sort of the, the some of the top functional programmers in the world. So I stayed and, and I'm really happy about that. My master's was a lot of fun and I had really great teachers. So, so you did a master's in computer science as well? Exactly, yeah. It was called software technology, I think, but it was all about compilers and functional programming and Haskell and these kind of, kinds of things. So your interest in that is uh, starts from an academic point of view, not a professional point of view. Well, I was always, I always had a job, uh, uh, you know, doing programming. I, I also did lots of other jobs before, but, but I think from the moment I started studying, I was always programming uh, to make some money on the side and, and pay for my things. Um, and, and when I took this course in, in compiler design, I, it was all in Haskell, but it was so weird. And, and after that, I knew a lot more about how to use Haskell, even though my knowledge was very basic. But, but I, I wanted to know, like, is this stuff usable for real stuff? You know, to me, a compiler wasn't anything real. It was sort of this fantasy play project. But I wanted to know, like, can I, can I, can I make websites with this? Or, well, that was basically my main focus. That's the only thing I was thinking about at the time. And and that was also one of the motivators for me to to to, to do my masters because I, I wanted to know like is this is this stuff usable is this just an, an academic exercise which was really fun uh, but I I didn't know and and I yeah it took me a few years to figure it out Haskell definitely has a lot of effect on people I I never heard of uh, making them do a masters before yeah I I couldn't help it you know like it was just the thing I wanted to do and, and it helps like I don't know I think everybody who's who did some computer science or, or is programming can relate like if you really like it it's sort of it do, it also really helps that programming is sort of a wanted skill and that you can have fun and, and pay the bills at the same time so it was all sort of coming together and so after you did your all your formal training, I guess you could say in, in functional programming, how did that relate or translate into your, to your job? Yeah, that was uh, a really fun period and also a very dark period. Uh, so yeah. So, so my story is that for me, school was, uh, at least in the beginning, it was, it was pretty easy and computer science was also, I just couldn't help it. I just wanted to do that. And and so that made it also fairly easy for me because I was just so motivated, um, at, at least for, for large parts. And, um, and, and then the functional programming was also, you know, really my kind of thing. But around the same time when I started my master's, I think that was about the time when, when um, iOS or when, when the iPhone 2 came out with, with the SDK. So, my friend and I had this company and we started making apps sort of by accident just to see what it was like. And, um, and people wanted us to make apps. So that's what we started doing. Uh, like we, we had like clients coming up to us saying like, yeah, please 
make this app for us. And we told them like, we don't know how to do it. Like we only wrote one app and they were like, no, it doesn't matter. Just make it uh, because nobody else could do it at the time. Uh, so, so we started doing that. And, um, and then I sort of around the time I finished my master's, I was doing all this objective C to, to, to pay the bills. And, and I, I really liked Haskell and I really, I, lo I loved the iOS platform, but I hated objective C and, and like, I sort of didn't like all this, all this imperative object oriented stuff, which is not really my thing. And I, I felt like sort of, I had seen the light, <laughs> but, but then there was stuck in, in, in this other world. And, and, and this sort of difference between the two things got me really depressed. Uh, it was not the only thing, like I had some personal stuff going on as well. So, so Aww. after I finished, I, I had, um, I, I, well, yeah, there was one more thing that sort of contributed to, 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 to my depression. And I, I didn't get like the mark I wanted for my master's thesis, which is very stupid, but it's like the only time I really put all of my soul into, into studying. Um, and, and then it was just this weird phase where I felt like I wanted to do Haskell, but I didn't get the grade. So maybe I'm not good enough. And then, and then I was doing objective C and, and it sort of wasn't really great for me. And then I took like a, like a year or over a year to, uh, to recover from all of that. Uh, and I took it really easy and just played the guitar a lot and ran a lot. And then I started having a lot of fun again at programming and now I love it again. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's sort of my, my rough start into the professional world. Yeah. No, that's it's never easy, is it? It's uh, you know you're, you're, you when you put so much time and effort into something, it kind of it's nice to have that kind of validation on, on that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I totally see where you're coming from. What this reminds me of is when uh, you interview for a job, and then the interviewer, if he's or she is any good, uh, will ask you questions until push you to your limits, and uh, yeah. until you until you get to the point to say I don't know, and when you say I don't know you can react in two ways. You can shut down and, and be like, I don't know, I'm not good enough, or I don't know, but this is how I'm going to find out, right? Right. So that, that's, that's uh, I think that's, that's similar to the lesson you learned yourself over the course of a year, right? You hit your I own so. wall. Yeah. It's uh, coincidentally, like at the end of the year was the only time I had a real interview uh, for like a real company, uh, And, uh, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to those kinds of stories. The, the, the funny thing is that the one interview I ever did, I, I got rejected, <laughs> uh, but you know, I ended up okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Considering what you have now, what you've built up, it's incredible. Yeah. I also find it ironic that you say you 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 hate or hated Objective C, but yet you named your company after it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so so this is what happened. So after that year, you know, I interviewed and I was sort of trying to figure myself out. And then uh, um, at some point, I almost ran out of money, uh, and I realized, okay, um, whether I want it or not, the, the easiest way is for me to take on a programming job. Uh, so there was this this guy on the local Coco Heads uh, mailing list who said like, yeah, I'm going to need uh, uh, an Objective-C developer or an iOS developer for about half a year. And I realized, okay, half a year of freelancing, that's also a serious amount of money. So if I can make that work, um, 
then, you know, at least I won't have any money problems. And I met up with the guy and we, we chatted for hours and hours. Um, and, you know, normally these conversations for me are like half an hour where you sort of get to know somebody and decide you're going to work together. But we talked for hours and um, about all kinds of stuff. And this turned out to be Florian. Oh, wow. Uh, who had a different company at the time. And we worked together for half a year. Uh, so I worked for his company. And it was just so much fun working together and, and finding things out. And I think what happens also sort of with Objective-C, I, I didn't really feel like learning new things. And as I was working with Florian, I wanted to learn a lot of new things. And he's super curious. So he was always questioning everything. And that made me want to find out. Like he would ask, like, why is it like this? And I would say, well, this is just the way we do things on iOS. And he's like, why? And I'm, I'm like, well... I was thinking to myself, like, you know, stop asking. Uh, just trust me. <laughs> it just me. is, yes. Exactly. And and, and so um, he would come back the next day and said, like, I looked into it. And actually, you know, for example, he would come back and say, there's this new thing we can use, auto layouts. Um, and, I, and, and there was all kinds of stuff like that where he sort of pushed me into questioning my own knowledge and and that made it really fun for me again, like learning all kinds of new stuff and, and getting better at what I was doing. And that sort of really got me back into the joy of programming. Oh, that's awesome. When you've been by yourself for so long or a contractor, so you're always on the outside to have somebody who, who will really treat you the same way is really gratifying. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was the beginning of your company. Um, no, well, so when we were doing that in the, at the same time, I started organizing UIConf and then one of the, I think the, yeah, it was the morning after UIConf, I sat together with Florian and Daniel, this other guy who was speaking at the conference and Pete Steinberger. And we all talked about doing some kind of blog. And then, you know, that over the course of a few weeks, that sort of the idea evolved to starting a magazine and that's when we started Objective-C.io. And back then, it was absolutely no company. We were just, we had a subscription option at some point, but it was just to pay the the hosting bills. Um, and we did it for two years just for fun. Um, it was absolutely, we weren't really making money with it, but but learning a lot. And yeah. Yeah. And trying to put good content out there so that people, when they Google, they could find it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And um, so you're doing that full time right now, right? Yeah. So after after we did the magazine, Swift came out, and and I realized like all of a sudden like this is the time. Like when when I read about Swift, I was like, okay, now we can do functional programming and iOS, and and finally everything is coming together for me at least personally. And, and so we started writing a book, uh, the functional Swift book, and and. Um, we had Wouter on board, who is a, like a hardcore functional uh, programmer from academia. And Florian hardly knew anything about functional programming. And I was sort of in between uh, mediating. Uh, and and so, so Florian really kept us in check, making sure that everything we said was relatable and understandable. And we wrote the book and, and it sold well, um, at least well enough for us to justify the time we spent on it. And... Um, and then at the same time, we were building some products. So we made this presentation app called TechSet. Which I use a lot. <laughs> Big oh, fan. Cool. After a little while, we, we noticed that we were doing too many things at the same time. So we figured, 
let's focus on just Objective-C.io and just do that um, because then we can do a much better job. So that sort of very slowly and naturally trans transformed into a real company. Excellent. I think I went to uh, in, in Spain in 2015 and, and uh, pretty much... 95% of the talks were all deck set. So it's like, there <laughs> yeah. we go. I just love how uh, how minimalist and kind of complete it is. It doesn't need anything more. It it Sure, you can add maybe more templates and stuff, but that's not the point, right? The point is you have this app, it does its thing and it's complete and it's simple and it's beautiful and it's got the, uh, it's got all the feature set you would want. If you want more, then go to Keynote. You know, it, that's not what you want, right? So yeah yeah so so the team continued working on it they um they did a theming release where you can make your own themes because that's the the main thing everybody's asking that's the for. number one thing uh, yeah but you know we we had that at the, at the very beginning uh but it was so hard to to find a good way to integrate it without making it more complex and that's yeah the main goal or it was the main goal to make to keep things as simple as we can um so I'm glad that worked out for you. Well, it's the fact that if you have to add choices to an app, I feel like every choice that you add is is a is a decision you're passing on to the user where you should try to make the decision as much as possible, right? And then too many choices, you end up with like Excel or something, right? So that's not what we want. PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, both are great. Like I, I love Excel, but, but I also love Dexhead and I also love really simple stuff and, you know, like you said, you need to have the right tool for the right job. And, and, and oftentimes you can get away with something super simple and don't have to worry about complicated things. That was a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not trying to be diplomatic. Like, that's yeah, no, my I know. honest opinion. <laughs> I, I, I love Excel. Like, I, I love complicated tools, but, but, but f that's exactly the reason why we made Dexet, because there was already a few very complicated tools around and we thought we could do something simpler. So in your personal side of things, um, I guess you and your wife had a recent addition, eh? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, a real family now, so to say. So um, last March, our baby girl, Ida, uh, was born. And um, yeah, she's coming to the conference as well, uh, at least... Uh, at least maybe during the breaks, uh, say hi. Um, Will that be her first uh, overseas travel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> we only flew once uh, with her, but that, that went fine. So, um, yeah, and it's 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 really amazing. And um, I, I, I'm lucky enough to work from home a lot. Um, so I get to really see her grow up and... During the breaks, I get to play with her and, and go outside for walks. And that's just really amazing. Uh, I don't know. It's it's really tough, I would say, as, as maybe um, most parents can relate. Like there's the lack of sleep and worries and all kinds of stuff. Oh, Dan so can tell it. you some tips about that because I think Dan has four and his oldest is seven or eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah, youngest is youngest is gonna turn two this weekend. Oh wow! Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, you too, man. Yeah, no, but yeah, you after you've gone a year, you you understand fully the <laughs> so much respect. How, how... Oh yeah, I, you mentioned running. Do you, are are yeah. running strollers a thing in in Germany? Because they're they're uh, big here. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, 
people look at so in this little town where we live people are not used to to you know people working from home so people already look strange at me for being in my sweatpants all day um and then and then you know like they talk about like oh there's this this new guy and he goes shopping in the middle of the day like he doesn't have a job and and then i go running with the baby and and like to them you know a baby baby like it's sort of sad in a way because a baby should be with the mother not with the dad uh, um oh and, right and, the stay at home dad is not is is always there's always a stigma associated with that yeah totally and 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 i should definitely not go running and i used to go walk a lot with her in the carrier uh and that was also absolutely not accepted like a baby should be in a stroller and not in a carrier and you know there's all kinds of stuff like that but uh, but you know um Ida loves it that's so funny yeah <laughs> when when my daughter was little uh I worked at a uh, university and to go there I had to walk take the train and then walk up the mountain not a big mountain but a, a mountain nonetheless but one day it was snowing and I she was in the backpack and I we we walked up the mountain and down the mountain in the snow and uh, she loved it but she was like a year and a half so about the same as you so mm-hmm. it was fantastic I really enjoyed that time and whether she when we were at university I had a I had a playpen and she would be in the playpen while I was working quote unquote <laughs> that's <laughs> so, awesome <laughs> yeah you, you so you like to run what, uh, what kind of distances do you tend to do well I'm 34 now and I, I love long distances and I figured, you know, I have like a few more years of fast marathons in me. So I, I love running marathons and, and I'm sort of, it, it's also my outlet for, you know, things that I really do just for myself. So I'm, I'm fast enough to be like, it's fun for me, but I'm not definitely not fast enough to win ever, you know? And so I have not, nobody that I, really compete with it's just myself and i really like this you know like running the marathon is fun but preparing for a marathon is really like a big thing for me it's it's the best thing you know like it's all this time i get to get to spend on myself basically and i i love that like and and i don't know it's it really um it's maybe like i run a little bit too much it's a little bit unhealthy but uh, but at least it's really fun so yeah, while while you can still run, you might as well do it. Exactly. You know? it's, uh, <laughs> until your knees start giving out. Well, for fast times, maybe, but uh, all old fogies like me can still run, even though we run really slow. But it's still fun because it gives you that headspace to be in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's nice to be outside in nature, right? Breathing the fresh air. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of lakes here, so I always run around lakes, and and it's it's kind of hilly, at least. <sighs> For German standards, uh, and yeah, you get to you get to see animals, and you hardly get to see people, and uh, sort of, it's it's really nice. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Chris. Thank you for having me. Uh, we look forward to seeing you and your whole family in Montreal at the end of April. So NS North is going to be uh, April twenty sixth to the twenty eighth, and tickets are still available if you want to see. Uh, Chris and uh, probably his family uh, in at the conference. Uh, we look forward to seeing you all. And Dan, thanks for joining us too. Thank you, Phil. Thanks so much, Chris. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. My pleasure. And we look forward to seeing you in the spring in beautiful Montreal. <laughs>